Right now that we're going to get an update on a story that we like to check in on regularly because it's really, really important, uh, and that's the situation in Ukraine. Lots of activity around that as well, including our foreign affairs minister being in Ukraine this weekend. Um, but there's a story that came out this morning that uh, I want to get a little clarity on if we can. So we're going to speak with Andrew Rasoulis, who is the defense and Eastern European affairs expert with the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. Andrew, thanks for joining us again. I always appreciate your time, sir. Good morning, Shay. Yeah. So let's start with that story out of Ukraine this morning. News that Ukrainian President Zelensky is thinking of replacing the commander-in-chief of that country's armed forces. First of all, who is the commander-in-chief, and, and what do we know about him? Yes, the palace uh, in, uh, intrigue yeah. is taking place all week. It's a Zeluzhny. Um He's a very uh, capable general. He's been running the Ukrainian forces now through the entire war. Um, and But the issue here... And I'll be very precise, has been the uh, the approach to fighting the war from here on in. Um, in the fall, Zeluni published um, uh, an article basically saying that Ukraine needed half a million more people, uh, soldiers, in order to prosecute and win the war against Russia. Zelensky pushed back on that, saying that politically this was not possible to do. He just couldn't have the, the political strength to mobilize that many more people for the war. So that led to all sorts of issues between the two of them. And he was about to get fired uh, last week at the early part of the week. And then, of course, there's no real successor. There's two people being discussed, but they don't have the same qualifications as Zeluzhny. And this is a problem. So on Thursday, before the cabinet meeting on Friday, in which we all expected him to be fired, a compromise appears to have been reached. There was a publication. Zeluzhny published another paper. And in this, he changed his approach to how the war would be fought. So in the first part, he actually says he blames the state, not Zelensky directly, the state for failing to mobilize sufficient forces to prosecute the war. But then he offers a solution. This is a compromise. Okay. He's going to use technology, essentially robots, to take the place of the people's shortfall. That's the new approach. That's plan B, and that's what they're running with. As a result of that, the Friday cabinet meeting, uh, Zeluzhny was not fired, uh, and uh, Zelensky referred to him as his chief of staff. Now, there's more stories today saying that, well, Zelensky's going to do a major shakeup, not just of the military, but also the civilian side, you see. So that could still come, not today, not tomorrow, but there's still talk about a shakeup because the war is not going well for Ukraine. And basically, Zelensky has to do something. Okay, and, and, I'm, and I'm reading reports that the people of Ukraine are rattled by this news. Allies are saying, oh, oh what? I mean, <laughs> perception is so big in all of this. Are we starting to see doubt here, Andrew? Are we starting to see allies questioning what's happening? Are we starting to see the people of Ukraine? I mean, their resolve has been legendary, right? Are we starting to see that crumble a bit, or is this just yeah, like you well, say, well, palace entry? Yeah, I mean, we're getting, you know, in, uh, in a few weeks, we're going to have the three the two-year anniversary on the um, 24th of February. So, there is a certain amount of um, slash fatigue, skepticism yeah. creeping in. There's some political sniping going on in the body politic of Ukraine as well. That that happens quite naturally after two years, and especially when the war is not going that well. Right now, uh, we're in a situation where the Russians are conducting offensive operations at the tactical level. I stress the tactical, but they are moving incrementally every day, a bit slowly, particularly in certain areas like this town called Edvika, where they're 
they're actually going block by block by block, right? But so under those circumstances, people are getting a bit mm, kind of uh, like, where's this going is the question, yeah, yeah. okay? And, and I think that's natural to ask that question. And so now there, that's why there's been this debate as to how you can get from here to there and achieve the Ukrainian objective of a victory, which means the expulsion of all Russian forces from Ukraine to the 1991 borders, including Crimea. And that requires a lot of people. And so that's why Zeluzny said, I need, I need half a million. And now he's saying, well, we're not going to get half a million, so we'll use robots instead. Okay, we'll see where that goes. Okay. Um, and, and like the resolve and, and sort of the, the, the fortunes of Ukraine, we know a lot of that, well, perhaps all of it, relies on um, foreign support, including the United States. And from what I'm hearing, Andrew, it doesn't sound like they're any closer to a deal on U.S. financial aid for Ukraine. They can't get it done. They've, the Republicans have linked it to the southern border, and uh, the latest proposal got shut down before it was even tabled. I mean, how big of a factor is that into what's going on right now? It's a very big factor. Um, American aid is, uh, is, is, is it's the largest of anyone else's aid. Yeah. Now, uh, the European Union has stepped with funding for the government of Ukraine last week, you know, the, the 50 billion euros. But So that'll keep the government afloat. And, and other, other, there's other stuff out there from other countries that are keep the Ukrainians kind of in the defensive. But in order to launch a major offensive operation, uh, you need a lot more. You need the American help. And without that, if I find it difficult to see how they can pull it together. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and that one, as you correctly say, is deadlocked. Uh, I mean, the Speaker Johnson from the House of Reps said it's that that proposal from the Senate is dead on arrival if it reaches his office. So we'll see. But, you know, in American politics, it's not over until it's over, yep. like in any politics. Um, so we're not through yet. But this week will be very, I think, decisive in determining that. But I, So I don't think we can assume either way. Uh, but all that to say is that I think Ukrainians are looking very nervously at the situation right now. Uh, on the Canadian side of that same equation, uh, our support continues. Uh, Melanie Jolie spent her weekend in Ukraine. Was that just more of, hey, Canada's still here, we're still involved? Or was there some actual meaningful developments that came from that? Well, it was both, in the sense that uh, because the Ukraine is finding itself in this somewhat of a difficult situation now, uh, other countries are stepping up to kind of show support in their own different ways. So uh, Jolie's visit was, A, to do that, to show that Canada's still there, get on the radar, that kind of thing, um, and B, but, but there was um, uh, deliverables in this. Um, uh, the one deliverable was the issue of the, um, the children who have been uh, taken to Russia. Uh, the Russians say they're there for safekeeping. The Ukraine you say they're being um, sort of um, uh, kidnapped and so on. So there's a, but there, this is all before the International Criminal Court. And, and what Canada is doing is is working on that, building a coalition of countries that are working with the International Court to address the issue. So that was one deliverable that she made. And the other thing is that it's upcoming. Uh, it's it's the question of a Canadian assurance as opposed to a guarantee of assistance package to Ukraine at the last G7 meeting, all the G7 countries said they would work bilaterally with Ukraine to come up with assurance packages to help Ukraine in the longer term, uh, both up to when, when they would be expected to maybe defeat the Russians, and then what happens after that, because the problem just doesn't go away. So Jolie was discussing these things. That's not public. There's no draft that I can speak to, uh, but it's certainly being touted as one based on assurance versus guarantee. That means political commitment, not legal commitment.
Gotcha. Okay. Great update, as always, Andrew. Thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. You're very welcome, Shane. My pleasure.